Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas. With me is... At Positively underscore Eric's, uh, Eric Sanchez. You forgot your last name there for a second. No, I, di- I didn't want to make it sound like that's my handle. Like people oh, call it okay. at Positively underscore Eric Sanchez. It's just... Okay. Get Eric, get Eric some followers. Positive underscore Eric. This yeah, week... I followers. Because I, th- I feel like I'm talking to a wall sometimes. No, you're talking to a few people. People respond. It's all good. This week, we're doing a watch-along of the Brother versus Brother WrestleMania 10 match, Bret Hart, Owen Hart. Can't wait to get into that and talk all about it. Talk about the the moves, the little subtleties, the, the arena, everything. It'll be yeah. a fun watch-along. Eric and I both have the network queued up at 7 minutes and 20 seconds. So if you want to hit pause, get yourself set up. If you want to do a watch-along with us, please feel free. If not, we'll definitely make it fun for you, even if you're not watching the actual broadcast if you want to follow us on twitter eric just mentioned his handle you can follow us on twitter at ppw podcast also just created an instagram account ppw underscore podcast follow us there for fun wrestling pictures and nostalgia pictures if you want to support the show whatamover.net you can pick up some t-shirts pick up some sweatshirts fun for the whole family i just placed an order because one of my shirts had a big stain on it so i was like you know what i'm gonna get some for me the wife the kids what a Maneuver makes really quality shirts, and that's not just me saying that because, but if any of the podcast, any of our podcast buddies have shirts up there, pick up a shirt, pick up our shirt. They make really quality stuff there. What design did you get? I got the Stars one. So I okay. got the Stars one for me, the Stars one for Penny. The For Lauren and Molly, they got the Coliseum Video version. All right, and, represent. And, and Lauren loves, like, V-necks. She hates crew necks because she's, I mm-hmm. guess, girls. I mean, girls look better in V-necks anyway, I'd yeah. say. And uh, so they make the girls V-neck. It's, it's quality. I also picked up myself up a nice hoodie. So I'm all swagged out. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and if, <laughs> if you purchase anything from our store this month in March, I will send you a free little gift in the mail. Uh, we had a couple orders in February. Those will also qualify. So if you did order something, expect something to come in the mail for you. Fun, fun little prize for help supporting the show. Nothing big, but something fun and goofy here at the PPW podcast and if you're first time listening depending how you found us we're on all major podcast platforms itunes soundcloud stitcher just added to spotify search search positively processing podcast hit subscribe and we'll be there for you every week every week yeah the spotify is exciting i was happy to see that you know what i i I don't know why i just never did it i just i don't know like there wasn't a demand for it and i asked people like do you want it like yeah i'm like all right i'll throw it up there (laughs) it wasn't a big deal it wasn't hard to do so yeah all right more is more is always good more options also we're doing a watch along for this week also and i'll get to this more at the end of the show at the end of this watch along there's going to be a bonus addition to this same show where I had an interview with an author, uh, Vinnie Berry, who wrote a book called Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. We did an interview talking about the book. I'm going to get more to that later, but you're going to want to stick around for that because we're going to give away a copy for free, too. So you're going to want to stick around for that as well. Cue some applause. No, I'm not doing editing. It's just this is a this is a watch along. It's a special show. It's nothing. Oh, I know great. you don't edit anything. I'm just saying. Listen, I edit. The, li- the listener can imagine a, an applause cue. Okay, I hear it. I hear you. Some canned laughter. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing going on in my world, like collecting-wise, wrestling things, I, I got lucky the other day and found the Young Bucks Series 3 AEW at Target. And I'm not, I've decided I'm not getting all like the AEW pictures. I have all of Series 1 minus the chases. So I'm going to keep that because it's cool to have the first series of something. Yeah. And 
the Young Bucks ones I wanted because I'm like, if I do an autograph, I'd like to get them to sign those to keep the original ones unsigned and have mm-hmm. them sign those. So well, That's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's kind of the plan. I was happy to get them. They're great figures. I think Jazz Wars keeps getting better with these. So it, it's it's cool that they've been getting better. And I saw you had some custom microphone things for your figure setup, some new stickers and all that, the actual era-specific stickers. Is that yeah, right? So, yeah, so I had been on the hunt. Mm-hmm. Well, I, had, I had gotten Mean Gene, not... When you got it and you offered it to me, I'm like, no, I don't need it. So about a year and a half later, I'm like, you know what? I do want that mean gene. But at the time, they were like $75, $80. So um, I had gotten it off Mercari just out of package. He used it just for display only. I didn't get the microphone that came with it. So it was like missing a part. So the microphone that I had, I'm like, I really want. It was a blank microphone that I ordered from uh, Wrestling Superstore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really want like the old WWF logo because I know WWF or WWE now does their their um, yeah the the block their, logo their change reco, uh, re- it's just it's just retro. basically a chopped off F right it's a yeah, WWF so I'm like yeah. I want the WWF damn it so I, I I started playing around I'm looking online I, I found some images of the old logo I'm downsizing I'm making sure the um, the resolution would be clear enough if it's small and you know I just kind of put it all together and I. I printed them out on laser paper and cut them out and, and put them on the microphone. I'm like, did you get like good. super glue or something? How'd you stick it to them? Just glue? Um, uh, label paper. Oh, like look sticker at you, paper. Man. Yeah. You're professional. I'm, I'm way try, too I impatient to for that. I'm too impatient <laughs> to for that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm using my scissors. I got to take my glasses off because it's getting so small. Like I'm, I'm trying to make it right and trying to center it with my thumbnail. Mm-hmm. So I'm not totally pressing the sticker down on the microphone yet. So I thought they looked pretty good. And then I also created... Um, like Raw, Raw is War logo mm-hmm. or um, the Vince McMahon that I kind of head swapped with the Ultimate Warrior um, Hall of Fame figure. And I had finally gotten a, <clears throat> excuse me, a Howard Finkel head to put on my Ricardo Rodriguez body that was like a build a figure also. Uh, so now I have a Howard Finkel. <laughs> so then I, I you made put a lot another... of work into this, a lot of this customization. I, but it, it, it's satisfying when you're done, right? You're like, okay, it I like is it. because because to me it has to look like the era that they were in and I wanted their microphones to look the same or whatever. And I tried to make a little WrestleMania logo, but the WrestleMania it, it printed that small. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to tell, but if you're familiar with the logo, like you could tell that it's the logo, but you can't really read it. Sure. So, so I just scrapped those. You know what? I, I like your picture you shared. So follow him on Twitter yeah. at positive industry, Eric, and I said PPW podcast, and we will, and get your feedback. I know our buddy Ring Skirts does a lot of customizations, and he's obsessed with the F, mm-hmm. as their friends of the OVP podcast call it the yeah. F, the WF, not the WWF. Uh, yeah, that's good. It's cool. And yeah, for me, and I, I even printed the. Um, I don't know if you remember, it's like ninety five, ninety six, where they had the different colors, like sure. the outline of the WWF. Yep. It's like the green, the red, the blue. So I made those. I'm just waiting to see like who that would go with, but it, it's ready to go when it's it's. You've got a lot of stuff here. I'm I'm exhausted thinking about that. (laughs) Every once in a while, we'll change stuff around. But for the most part, like I look at my figures, I've got them in the the Elite Scale cage ring. I'll change that up every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But nothing crazy. And I've got, you know, my wall that I'm constantly staring at because my basement's my office now. And I'm working all day. And I constantly stare at that wall. Like, maybe I can move this here and up this there and change that here. And maybe I get another detolf. And, you know, it's, it's just a constant... Yeah, mind wandering things. It, it's it's, good a, stuff. it's a nice hobby. Like it's, yeah, it, it makes you happy. It is. It's a good. It's a. It's a good hobby. It's fun, and mm-hmm. for the most part, the collector community amongst each other. I think more so in like the fig life and like the one fig community or whatever you want to call yeah. it thing. 
has been positive. If you go on Facebook, I find like those marketplaces are brutal. It's like someone posts something like, and someone's like, ah, that, that's so cheap. I can get it on eBay. And I'm like, well then get it on eBay. Like I'm, that, yeah. then go get it. Like, what are you commenting for? You know, it's just yeah, ridiculous. So, so I noticed the hashtag. Um, I did notice it before, but I didn't really look into it too much. I saw CHC, which yeah. is collectors helping collectors. You think it's Chicago Cubs, don't you? Like the No, the I, logo? I, I, just, I just thought it was Chicago because I thought like some of these people were like in Chicago. I mean, yeah. that's not. That's not too far off to like think that. But once I started to notice as who are, are the people that are helping collectors, I'm like, oh, that's what that means. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been getting into wanting like one of the first um, ricochet figures, the one with the, the wings and the gold and sure. the black tights. But, you know, I'm, I'm late to the party because <laughs> at the time I'm like, I don't want him. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, man, I got to have a ricochet because I'm trying to build my new new era collection. And uh-huh. I'm looking online and, and Walmart in Olympia Field says they may have one. So I, I tried calling them. I think it was Sunday night. And, oh, you know, I called call to talk to the toy department. They're like, oh, no one's there. Someone in that neighboring department, I think it was like automotive. You know, it'll go there and they can help you. I'm like, all right. So the phone is like, er. Burr. Yeah, it's yeah. just ringing for like five minutes. I'm like, screw this. So I took a trip to Olympia Fields Monday morning. I, I drove so how far there. is that for people from your house? Just for um, don't live around well, here. I, well, I spend the weekend in, in Frankfurt. Um, Again, people don't, so, don't so live from, around here. Give, give us right, your drive I'm expi- time. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it. So from Sorry Frankfurt to Olympia Fields <laughs> is maybe like ten minutes. Okay, it's not a. So I, I mean, it's not bad. No, it's just down like Route 30, straight shot. So I get there, and I'm walking in and. I see no ricochet, but there's like 12 of the new undertakers. There's like one triple H and you know, a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, Oh, this is cool, but that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. So I left and knowing that they had that much stock of, of the new stuff or the decade dominance. And yeah, I go on Twitter and there's a couple of people who's like, Oh, I need this undertaker. I'm like, Oh, I could have bought all this stuff because <laughs> there was so many there. And I mean, getting back to where I live now in Orland from Orland to Olympia fields, is like a half hour. I'm like, eh, it's not really worth it. Mm-hmm. So that well, was just my wanting to help the community, but I, it was too late for me to know. The effort was there, which is important. Hashtag collectors mm-hmm. helping collectors. Hashtag CHC. Everyone collect and everybody help each other. It's a fun community. There is yeah. that little bit of, I guess, fine line of, okay, so I'm at the store. I don't I don't buy stuff assuming people want it because for me, like, I don't like having money out and I just it's just not my thing. So I know there are some people that, like, let's say you go to the store and they've got all yeah. of Series 3 of AEW. They're, mm-hmm. They just buy them all and they just sell them to, to their friends and their in the community, retail plus shipping, which is great. Right. But then for people that just want to hunt and see them <clears> on the pegs, you're not going to get it, you know? Yeah. Because they bought them all. So it, it, but I get both things because then there's people that buy them to flip them to make a profit, which is more annoying. So. Yeah. To me, it's it's just crazy. This collectible thing is nuts. Uh, the card game is more insane. I've started to go down. I haven't really bought stuff, but like just like exploring the rabbit hole of co- like baseball cards, wrestling cards. Okay. It's insane. And it's yeah. just crazy the value of this stuff. So it, it's just fun. And, and I think everyone's into collecting now, and I love it. And I love talking about it with people and explaining it to people and kind of trying to tell my wife, like, why this is worth that. And I was right. kind of joking with her because I've got the <laughs> Series 1 of wrestling buddies. I was like, maybe next year you know, if things are way better, like we'll go to Disney World and I'll sell the wrestling buddies that'll pay for the Disneyland tickets, you know? Yeah. So it's just it's just stuff like that to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the cards, I I mean, there's a Facebook wrestling group that we're in. I think it's wrestling collectibles, like yeah. Funko cards, blah, blah, blah. And when I first joined about five years ago, it was mostly like Funko Pops. And that's why I joined because I wanted to find ones that I didn't know were out yet. And I was still like kind of new to the Funko game. 
<clears throat> but then it just became mostly um, cards and like signature cards and this card and that card. I'm like, I don't really know anything about it. And when I would post stuff in there, like nobody would reply to me anymore. So I think it's become more mm-hmm. of the uh, like the wrestling cards. Sure. Collectibles. All right. So here's what we're going to do right now. We talked about a little intro here. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play some buffer music for everybody. Eric, I'll have you hit stop on yours in a second. And I'll hit stop on mine. We'll have some buffer music and we'll come back for the watch along of WrestleMania 10. Everyone give yourself some time. Seven minutes, 20 seconds. WrestleMania 10 on the network. We'll see you in a minute in 30 seconds. we're back ready for the watch along yeah oh, yeah everybody's ready seven minutes 20 seconds eric are you ready um yeah okay good. i'm looking at the king and uh what's yeah. his nuts right now <laughs> vince mcmahon what's that's his nuts? right that, that's that guy all right on on go hit play and we'll, we'll get started here seven minutes 20 seconds guys get yourself ready and again like i said earlier if you're not watching along we'll still make it fun we promise right three two one Go. So here we got the King and Vince McMahon kind of showing mm-hmm. the hype package of how we get to Brett versus Owen. We've got the graphic there of Brett versus Owen, kind of like the old Raw 93 video game. Yeah. And they're showing the Survivor Series 93 where Owen smashes into Brett. Brett goes to the railing. Owen gets pinned. And he's the only one who loses in this match of the Hart family. And uh, I don't know why we haven't gotten a Bret Hart figure yet of the pink like Mr. Perfect style singlet. Yeah, like the short. The who wears short shorts? Yeah, that's it. It's, the, <laughs> it's Mr. Perfect. I, I, didn't, I don't know what they're called. I guess they're singlets. Yeah, and we got the kind of the whole background hype with Brett and Owen and Owen and saying he wants to beat his brother and Brett says yeah. I will not absolutely will not ever fight my brother little brother Owen. Do you remember this feud? Like, were you watching? I totally remember this feud. What were your feelings on Owen like at this time? Like to me, he was he a was nobody. Just, he was just yeah, a guy. that's how I felt. And then being an being an older brother, you know, I identified more with Brett, like being the leader of the of yeah. the, the siblings and and yeah. I don't know, just being like I, in I did, control I thought, of stuff. I thought your sister was older than you, so you were the older brother. Yeah, she's younger. Okay, so I, f- I felt like I took care of her, like I set the example, like so, I, so I felt like Brett's I were side, you know, yeah, I was I was totally on Brett's side. And then we've got the Christmas weekend superstars where Brett and Owen, so they don't want to fight each other, or Brett doesn't want to fight his brother anyway. And this leads into the tag team match at the Royal Rumble, the Quebecers versus the Brett and Owen, what would you call them? Not the new foundation, Heart Foundation version two for the tag titles. Now, I thought, okay, Brett and Owen are going to be the tag champs because Luger's probably going to win the Rumble. Like, I'm good with this, you know? Well, they're showing a PCO coming off the top. Uh, what do they call that? Off the top rope and the holding hands and flipping over? I don't know. Whatever their finisher is. The float over Canadian destroyer? Sure. <laughs> and, of course, Owen kicks Brett's leg off from under his leg. There it goes. Yeah. I This match, I, I remember being, you know, all in on the feud. But the match itself, I was like, Brett's just going to beat him and that's going to be it. It wasn't a thing I was concerned about. I wasn't, like, looking forward to this match. No. Were you? 
Or were you just more um, in like, I no, want... No, I, I thought with the whole development of everything, you know, I was looking forward to this match. I wasn't expecting Owen to to win, mm-hmm. but the buildup between Owen and him, like, I mean, the, I thought it was going to be a good fight. Yeah. Now we've got the wide shot here of Madison Square Garden. Fantastic arena, by the way. There's a guy jogging up the steps right now. Yeah, he's, he's got to get to his seat. He's like, oh boy. <laughs> it's like, and I he's, can't he, see from here, but he, damn it, I'm going to sit down. He is settled in. we got the pyro going off. And I love this little thing they do here in a second where the announcer goes, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and the crowd's all ready. Like, who's it going to be? And who is it? Let's see. Who's coming out first? Who is this guy, this announcer? What's his name again? It's not the Fink. Alberta. Yeah. Everybody stay on their feet. They're ready. Yeah, here he comes. (laughs) <laughs> Love the Owen Hart song. Look at the security guards there, making sure no one's getting too ambitious. The 10X, Roman numeral X, opening up. The dub, the sliding doors is a great effect here. The short walkway at Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden. Owen's still in his rocket gear, but it's pink and black, just like Brett. Yeah. Wearing the Hitman shades. He's the best there is, the best there was. Do you think... I think we talked about this one time a while ago before we were talking about doing this is who got here late thinking this was going to be just a crappy match, right? Right. And then they they settle all in and miss it. <laughs> they're all pissed off. Yeah, with the with the way that the card was set up here, I didn't think this would be the opening match. Even though I knew, I, I don't know, there was a lot of stipulations to get to the main event, but I didn't think this would be the opening you know what? I didn't. I guess I didn't think about it, but I was. I remember this was a paper you. I'm pretty sure you watched live at my buddy's house. Like you ordered. Did you order this paper for you, or was this a rental? No, this is something I rented like after the fact because I saw like clips of this on. I don't think Raw was on yet. Maybe Prime Time. Raw was on. Remember. Yeah, it was Raw. Yeah, yeah. It was ninety four. Ninety four. Right. Yeah, I would just see like clips from Raw where they would like just show like the, like the photo captures. It wasn't any video. Yeah, it was, it was courtesy of WWF magazine. Okay. Uh, here comes this classic shot down the aisle. Brett! <laughs> With his Sergeant Pepper jacket. He a is quick zoom in on him all the way from uh, about 50, 50 feet away. Uh, uh, no, the, the aisle's pretty short at MSG, but, you know, the Hitman's coming in. He's He does his pose. The Hitman poses the arms out. Mm-hmm. That's got to be one of the top poses ever, right? Like the, the guy, the wrestler yeah. poses. There's the HBK double by, the... What is else? The Stone Cold on the ropes. Right. The uh, I, does Macho Man have a signature pose? The point and um, spin. Yeah, he he comes out and like gets up on the ropes and the 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 finger to the sky. He looks around. He jumps down. What else is you there? Know, looks over his shoulder. Und- uh, I don't think Undertaker has necessarily a signature one where he comes to the ring. Maybe maybe uh, later Undertaker when he's on the steps he does kind of. The, what about the motorcycle? Oh God! <laughs> Brett's giving his glasses away to a kid. Yeah. Kid doesn't even care. What, what's your favorite, uh, I guess, entrance or pose? I think it's Brett. I think. Yeah. But there might be more. You know, they got the, the Young Bucks double by. Right. Uh, got the Warrior shaking the ropes. There's a lot. Yeah, we're going to have to we're gonna have to do like a uh, March Madness of entrances and poses. <laughs> Not entrances, but signature poses. Because okay. we're nothing except meticulous in the PPW podcast. Of course. So, all right, let's do that. Next show, guys. Because that's, that, that's a lot to think about. We have to, we'll have to get a list. Are, we're gonna are say women like, included or are we doing just men? Because the only yeah. female I can think of is Naomi. What about I mean, Sasha sure Banks? Others. 
Oh yeah, Sasha. She has with two. The whole, uh, with she, the le- whole... she leans the ropes, then does the the Those double arm swivel. Yeah. Becky, okay. Becky also through the second rope. Ma- match is getting started here. By the way, we're talking about a, a future show. <laughs> oh, oh we got the lockup. Oh, Owen, pulls Owen away. just broke it. And he's he's, he's so already. pumped. Look, look in the back. I hope they go that, that wide shot again. There's something going on uh, near the entranceway with like a bunch of security guards yelling at people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And Brett's got him in the scissor or head scissor. Owen, woo! Look at him doing the hitman pose, mocking him. See, <laughs> see the guys back there. There's something oh, going yeah, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's going on. And I love the king. He's like, what's that? Or Vince is like, what's that kind of, some kind of victory? Of course! That's what the king says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this match is, you know, starting off with the regular wrestling at the, Brett with the takedown. Look at Earl in there like he's an actual referee. There was someone in the yeah. front row there just waving a couple of Canadian flags as well, supporting both hey, the brothers. Yeah, you got to support. I, they're supporting Brett. Bowen's Canadian too. Yeah, they're, not, they're not worried about uh, Owen. <clears throat> Look at Owen, he's all pissed off saying Brett's cheating. Yeah. Like every little thing in this match has been fantastic so far. In the first like two minutes. Everything like mm-hmm. matters. Because I've seen when's the last time you've seen this match? Like a year ago or so? Mm, within the past two years. Yeah. Because I've seen it a bunch of times. And it's one I think that I always tell myself, isn't that good? Oh, Owen through the second rope. Isn't that good? But it yeah. is. No, it is good. Look at the gold railings to make this extra classy here at MSG. I I never noticed that. The gold railings? Yeah. Okay, they're gold. Oh, look at that guy (laughs) in the back yelling at people in the crowd. He's like, listen, lady, it's fake. It's not real. I had to switch shifts with a guy. I'm supposed to be doing the Rangers games. (laughs) He needs the day off. I don't want to be here. (laughs) Got the old classic Ico Pro banner up in the top ceiling. Yeah, it's featured in the OVP podcast studio, the Our Vantage Point Wrestling podcast, oh. favorite podcast of mine. Hold on, Penny. Yeah, I think Ring here. Skirts has that uh, for his display or his photography. Yeah. Okay. It happened again. So I got to go help Penny really quick fix the Netflix uh, thing. So Eric, you you just talk a little bit about this match. Give me like twenty seconds. I'll be right back because we're doing yeah, it no live problem. here, pal. All right, we're doing <laughs> it live, pal. We're not. We're doing it live as Brett's got Owen down in a arm bar here. Right. This is a rest hold. We're good. I'll be right back. Yeah. So a lot of this action, like I, I kind of like, um, just the slow arm bars, the reversals. Like I like that type of wrestling. Oh, and Owen's got. Uh, Brett on the mat with a arm bar and just raked his foot across this guy's face. So as we're watching this, I, I kind of feel like I grew up through the generations of Hogan. I, I like the cartoony period. And just as I started to get a little bit older, I, I realized that, you know, Bret Hart, like, was a really good wrestler. And, and Owen Hart, and I started to go more towards the actual, like, technical wrestling part of it. So, so who, Brett so was you're, one you're of talking my about favorites. who your favorite wrestler, who your favorite heart is? Well, just talking about the the technical wrestling. Like as I was getting older, like the cartoony stuff, I was I was okay with because I was a kid. But as I started to get to like teens and stuff, and you know, eleven and twelve, like tweens and all that, I'm like, yeah, I like the wrestling part of it because it it was different than, um, mm-hmm. like Duke the Dunk for Drosy. Well, it was just different than, I mean, yeah. not just the characters, but like the big boots and the uh, clotheslines and the drop kicks and the big suplexes. A oh, nice back elbow by Owen there. Th- this match so far has been all about just wrestling, and now they're take- kicking it up a notch, the high flying, just did a monkey yeah. flip. 
Like we're getting a little more high flying in Brett with the aggressive clothesline right now. To there he over goes the over the top. Yeah. Oh, and now Brett gives a little oh yeah, a little fist pump there. <laughs> People are ready the for this. The crowd's getting into it now. They're on their feet. They're cheering louder now. This match doesn't slow down, and it's not like it's a car crash. You know how sometimes like the high flyer matches are. Right. I mean, we talk about being the greatest like opening match in WrestleMania history, which I this probably is. Is I'm even I'm not done watching it. Like we're half handful of minutes in, it's still great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love the Daniel Bryan Triple H match as a great opener too, but this yeah, one's just fantastic. Great. I don't think this is so much high flying. It's just you know the pacing is a lot faster and the, and the reversals and the more athletic type of mm-hmm. holds are being put on. Brett's talked about this in shoot interviews and I think his book too about how him and Owen had this whole match planned out. And then Brett kind of looked at the match, how they had it planned out. He goes, all right, well, if we do this kind of match, by the end of it, everyone's going to be cheering for Owen. We yeah. can't have that because I'm going to win the title later. And I don't want to be the, <laughs> the bad guy. So they re- they rebooked the whole thing. And I thought that was kind of cool. Well, I, I like that float over uh, Crucifix into, into the pin yeah. by Brett. Crucifix pin's good. They, they they did it at WrestleMania 35 with Becky and Ronda, but they kind of screwed it up because Ronda's yeah. shoulders weren't up. I do like the, the finishes out of nowhere. I'm a fan. You see Vladimir in the front row, old school, the original super fan. Oh, there he is. He's ready to WWF roll. WWF brothers. Sure. Well, like literally, him and his friends have <laughs> WWF yep. uh, letters on their shirts. Look at, I mean, these guys are just flying. Oh, it's a gurry by sure Owen Hart. A spinning heel kick? It could be. I don't know. <laughs> Insecurry. Now, Tope Suicida. Tope Suicida. Such goofy names for wrestling moves. Yeah. This, I, I'm thinking about doing a show, and I, I will at some point. I've got a handful of matches I would like a person that's a non-wrestling fan or even has mm. never watched wrestling before to watch. Yeah. And this might have to be on there. It's just yeah. a great story. Look at this. Owen's getting a little aggressive now because... I think Owen oh. started the story. Owen starts this match off where he wants he thinks he can out wrestle the Hitman, but he realizes yeah. now he, he just, can't. Owen just picked up Brett on the outside or rammed his lower back into the post. Yep, and Vladimir's cheering Owen on, tell him get him back, get him in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> cameraman there in the jumpsuit always makes me think of ring skirts and his uh, camp, WWF cameraman jumpsuit he's got yep. somewhere. May or may not be authentic, but we're going to assume it is. I got to find out where he gets his clothes. From, uh, for his figures, because I, I know there's he makes a, a lot couple of them. of them. He makes he really a lot does. Of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. He made me a Hulk Hogan Stars and Stripes bandana so I could have a WrestleMania Seven Hogan. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I know Ralph's figure clothing. I don't know how um, how current that is these days. Because I mm-hmm. heard somebody maybe it was Ralph that died a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, we got the camel clutch here. Would you call the, this the, the Canadian clutch? The Canadian. <laughs> so anytime a Canadian wrestler does the camel clutch, it's the Canadian clutch. I like it. It has to be. I yep. like it. That's that's the official name of the PPW podcast. And if here. it's the other way, it's a Canadian crab. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian crabs. What you meet yeah. at a Montreal strip club. Hey yo. Yeah. I so good, I, don't you jokes. think Martel should have made it called it the Canadian crab? Because he's Canadian, eh? Yeah, he's from Montreal. French Canadian. Maybe he Man, was he, he called they, it the Boston crab. Well, that's the name of the move. Well, you can't change names of moves. I guess Jericho called it the Walls of Jericho and the yeah. the Lion. Well, the Lion Tamer is different from the Walls of Jericho, right? 
Yeah, I was watching AEW and Swagger does the running and the jump up off the middle rope and does the <laughs> slam. And it is, he calls it the Swagger Bomb. Yeah. But that was called the Vader Bomb. Yeah. Just had a nice, awesome high fly move there into the corner. Owen jumped off the rope into a crossbody and now back. He's got a rear chin lock on the hitman. Or not even a chin lock, like a, a face lock almost. Yeah. Canadian chin lock. There's little things I'm noticing now in this match I didn't before. It's mainly the facial expressions of both Brett and Owen. Like Brett being kind of like, like, what the hell are we doing? Like, in kayfabe, Brett's got to be thinking, all right, I got to get through this match, put my emotions aside, and go win the title tonight. Where Owen's like, no, this is my moment to shine. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to win. I'm going to beat my brother, prove I'm better than him. And this is the match that made Owen legitimate to me and to a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah, because I think so too. he was in, what, high energy in the new foundation, and he was the Rocket. Right. Facing Skinner at WrestleMania 8. Like, it was his, big, his biggest thing. Yeah. Everyone knows, or most people know that originally Vince wanted Bruce to be, Bruce Hart to be the foil in this feud, but Brett's like, no. Let's <laughs> do Owen. What a bridge on that German. Yeah. By Owen Hart there. Hell of a German. We need more bridge. You know who else did a great German suplex with a bridge is Alundra Blaze. Yeah, she did. Ooh. Owen yeah, there's a, there's a wrestler, Shanna. She tries to do that, but I, <laughs> whenever she does the suplex of the back to try to bridge it, like the opponent just rolls to the side, mm-hmm. and then you could see Shanna trying to fix it. But Yeah. Owen just did a leg drop, and somewhere in the crowd, Hulk Hogan's ears perking up. Oh, brother, brother, <laughs> brother. Uh-oh, small package. Yep, brother. He's he's just hey Vince oh, 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 just just in, just in case brother you remember last year you, you changed the finish dude just saying I'm here dude I'm not I'm not in the WCW yet brother uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking I go in there after Bret Hart wins uh, boot leg drop one two three hold it to the garden one more time brother what do you say what, what a, would Vince say he was well oh look at that what was it? that's it was a, a tombstone. Like a tombstone it was a jumping tombstone saying well all right Terry if that's what you think is good. Brett, sorry. <laughs> You're losing. Brett from the top rope. You mean, I mean Owen? Brett. Owen from the top rope. Brett was halfway across oh, the ring butt. there with that flying headbutt by Owen Hart. That would have hit him if he didn't roll all the way. You know, the, now Brett that I mentioned the, ring awareness. the gold railings, that's all I could see. <laughs> Every time I look up, yeah, is those too. gold railings. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do Thanks like the black gold, the black gold and black ropes, too. The pink, the tape. Yeah. I like it. Look at the, where do you think that giant WrestleMania banner is right now? Old school logo. Tell you where it should mm, be. Should be in my Stanford. House. Should be in my house. My wife, old warehouse where Mick Foley went to go uh, cry about the. I mean, I'm not diminishing it, but he, you know, hell in the cell cage. Yeah, he went to and just all the feelings and thoughts that he went through. That's, really? that's the warehouse that's in. Okay. Yeah. One of my wife's coworkers told her a story recently about how he was like when he was a kid. Uh, he was working at, not even a kid, like a teenager, was working at the Rosemont Horizon in like 92 as just like a merch guy, like at the merch stands. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we're there. And he's like, I just, he's like, I knew that Macho Man Randy Savage used to play baseball. And he's like, I wasn't a wrestling fan, so I brought a baseball for the Macho Man to sign. He's like, and we're there, kind of like folding shirts or whatever. And all of a sudden, like through the second. door. Bret Hart's signature elbow drop from the middle rope. Oh, he just busted Owen's jaw. He did. That's a good move too. That that signature elbow drop. Uh, look at Earl telling him just just this much. But back to my story because I hate on podcasts when people start stories and don't finish them. So I'm gonna finish yeah. them real so quick. So baseball, yeah. Macho Man. He's folding the shirts, and I think one of the, like the security guards went back to give Macho Man the baseball. Will you sign this? And he goes, 
all of a sudden, like some guy comes through the curtain and goes, where's the baseball guy? <laughs> he goes, is it you? He goes, well, I don't know if the macho man needs to sign a baseball. And he's like, he was so cool and like, was like, uh, giving him, like signing the baseball, was talking about baseball yeah. with him for a long time and all that. <laughs> and, awesome. he, and then he goes, and he's like, he still has it. I go, well, where is this baseball? She goes, it's in his house. I'm like, well, give it to me. I want the macho man to sign baseball. She sent me a picture of it. It's pretty awesome. That is and, awesome. And uh, he also said at the end of the show, Macho Man, they're, they're, they're kind of closing up shop, you know, putting all this merch away. And Bret Hart over the top rope on the floor onto Owen there. And Macho Man goes, where's baseball guy? You like whiskey <laughs> baseball guy? <laughs> and shots with the Macho Man. I'm like, that's the best I've ever Damn. heard in my life. So now I want that baseball. She sent me a picture of it. I go, I would appreciate it more than this guy does. I guarantee you that. <laughs> it would be shrined in my my detolf right now. With a picture of his, uh, you know, baseball card. Yeah, I want a Randy. I want a Randy Poffel Cincinnati Reds baseball card. The card game now being so crazy. Owen's in the ring now, a little tired. He's feeling like, oh, what do I got to do to beat up this hitman? Brett's going hitman, in after him. Hitman's hobbling in. Yeah. Oh, now, now we're working the leg. Now we're working like the same story from the Rumble 94 into WrestleMania. What a professional Owen Hart is. One of the reasons I like this match so much is there's a lot of innovative reversals that you don't usually see. Yeah. Like just the way they, they trap each other's legs and their arms and just, you know, like like real like technical wrestling, like ideas of using someone's own body weight against them and manipulating different things to mm-hmm. like, that's like the chess mind game of, of wrestling. And Owen's now slamming the knee into the post. Vladimir's cheering Owen on in the background there. Yeah, it's true. Like, this match is just, it seems kind of like, geez, oh, psychology, psychology. But this is legit what they were doing here. And now Owen's mocking mm-hmm. Bret Hart's injured leg. Oh, I didn't. I never noticed that before. That was great. Because Owen, there's a few parts in this match. Owen's doing some high-flying stuff. I can see what Brett's talking about. The crowd's going to get behind that naturally, so Owen's got to heal it up a bit. I love it. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's got like see, a... See, just like this half half like a, figure four, yeah. cloverleaf four or something. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to call it because it's, it's not a wrestling move. I always wish that wrestlers, especially the younger ones, would start watching some of these matches from the 80s and 90s and start stealing some of this stuff because you don't see this anymore. No. Everybody I, I, should. I get everyone wants to do new and innovative and everyone wants to be crazy and all that, but you don't see this stuff anymore. And I want people to steal moves like that. Owen Hart inverted figure four and just dropped onto his knee. Yeah, there you, was, you might remember, but I remember hearing a story about a wrestler. He, he had a favorite wrestler from this time period and he would redo like a certain match, like move for move with his mm-hmm. brother or his friend. And I would love to see like somebody today, you know, go back to, you know, maybe 1994, pick a good match, or just do the match, move for move, and see if anybody notices. <laughs> Especially, like, not a super famous one. I know Jericho's talked about on his podcast, him and his friends could do the Steamboat Savage match from WrestleMania 3 by heart. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And now we got the actual figure four here. This is good stuff. Bret Hart's in pain. Owen Hart's saying, ask him. These guys, <laughs> Owen's celebrating already. Like he's won the match. <laughs> Brett's got his uh, shoulders on the mat in agony. Do you think anyone's ever won with a pinned figure four? I'm sure they have. Maybe. Maybe a figure eight. Uh Uh-oh. Brett's going to reverse it. Look at this. See, Uh this reverse Brett's doing right now. Nobody does. He grabs his leg, Owen's leg, to use for momentum to flip it over. Yep. 
and then again they roll again. That's like true. It. That's uh, just I don't know. He's he's a really good like. Um, I keep saying it, but I'm going to say like psychology, like how everything's logical. Like, I, okay, okay yeah, this would logical, make sense. That's the word. Yeah, this would make sense if we're going to do this. Like, if this I'm going to roll sense. this guy over, I'm going to also pu- push him with my arm, not just my legs. Yeah. And then again, Owen's working the leg, but he's not. This is creative too. He's got Brett, Brett in the corner, Brett's leg under the on the middle rope, and Owen mm-hmm. is kicking the middle rope. And then Brett with an enziguri, stealing an Owen move. Now that's an enziguri. Okay. Now that's what I call an enziguri. <laughs> uh oh, my wife and kid are home. Somebody hears in the background. It's okay. It's all good. Put him on the cast on the pod on the on the PPW podcast. We might have Molly come down. Where everyone's welcome. It's true. Everybody is. We keep it classy here on the PPW podcast. Now Brett's That's got a little right. bit more momentum here on Owen. Force is fired up. Oh! Owen with God the damn. sternum first smash, Bret Hart 100, style. 100 miles an hour. And now Brett just did the leg drop. Hulk's ears are for sure perking up. <laughs> he's like, "That's he, it." He, he's oiling his uh, pythons. Maybe up right remember now. He's earlier, like, I'm going out, brother. Remember earlier we saw those security guards. Uh huh. Though they were trying to block Hulk from getting backstage to Vince. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> no, no, just tell, just tell him Terry's here. Just tell him Terry. He'll he'll know. <laughs> Hi, Molly. Yeah, Brett just just Brett just hit Owen with like a really really sweet looking running bulldog. Yeah, Molly's here now. My two year old daughter, who's hilarious. Hi, Molly. Thanks for breathing extra heavy on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have? Um, Oh, pile she driver. Is, I want jelly bean. You want, <laughs> what do you want, Molly? Jelly bean. You want a jelly bean? Go ask your mom. Tell oh, her I said you could have pee. one. She said a jelly Tell her why I said you could have one, okay? Daddy. Can you say hi? Mommy's hardest. Say hi. No? Say I want a jelly bean. Oh, here we go. Suplex. Brett's got him hooked. Puts him on the top rope. Owen's dazed. Here we go. Good old classic Bob Orton. From the top rope. This was a finishing move back in the day. But this was like, I think the superplex sometimes was done from the second rope. But Brett, again, there just went to the top rope. I love it. Yeah. I like how this show is just chaos for us. It's 11 fun. years earlier, this would be a finish. It should be a finish tonight. Bob the guy Orton in the front with, row thought it was. Cast. Yeah. <laughs> guy in the front row for sure thought it was. I mean, this match has been going for what? 17, 18 minutes by now, and it still doesn't feel it's slow at all. I see Gorilla out there, Gorilla Monsoon, doing radio WWF call down there. Did they swap um, announcers through this one, or was that a different later on? Okay. Oh, Bret Hart's pissed. He just picked up Owen off the mat by his uh, singlet straps. So get your ass up here. You need a sleeper? And then, oh no, low blow by Owen. Oh. Stupid Earl didn't see it. It's like, come on, why did he go down? Oh, we're going for the sharpshooter. Got a crying kid in the background. It's okay. It is okay. Yeah, I like these paint paint splatter tights that uh, Brett's got on. And when I was a kid too, I remember like bike. You know, was like I don't know, like a like a helmet company or 
Yeah, it was like a brand, and I felt cool because <laughs> I got something by bike. Because Brett has his elbow pads. Oh, the reverse sharpshooter yeah. here. And there years we later, go. I would see like mechanics, um, like shop gloves, like Sting used to wear. <laughs> I'm like, these are cool. I mean, I felt cooler about it. Yeah, I mean, I bought them because they were there, and they had like skeleton bones on it. All right, here we go. We got to finish the match here. Come here, Molly. Come on, finish the match. Come on, come on, come on. Here he goes. He's going up for a victory roll. Top rope. Oh, Owen just, just sandbags him and, and uses his weight to drop back. That's psychology. Owen's got that big goober on the side of his mouth. The finish of this match is so great, too. Because it's kind of out of nowhere, but yeah. like it makes sense. It's all Owen did. He just took his own momentum. Look at him. He's like, three? It was three. I won. <laughs> and then we got the big Bret Hart. Uh, oh, no. The big bird right in Bret's face. Yeah, I know. The middle finger from Owen. I That had to have been cut from the Coliseum video. There's no way that that was on there before. No way. Look at all Brett's in disbelief. Brett is in disbelief. He cannot. I, think look I at was him. too when I saw this. <laughs> Again, I, I had no reason to believe that Bret Hart was going to win this match. None at all. Right. Yeah, they're doing the replay right now, the victory roll. And you could just see Owen, he shifts his feet to his weight to drop back. And Owen's all thinking, I love Owen just selling this here. Kind of like, I'm trying to record a podcast, Molly. <laughs> it's just chaos. We're recording in the middle of the afternoon. Normally, like, we record at night, but it's just chaos right now at the house. It's okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's chaos. Well, Brett gave it a little clap. He's like, all right, let's 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 get to the next one. Oh, Todd Pettengill looks like he's got the, uh, what do you call that? With a hooked, he didn't tie that tie. Clip-on tie. <laughs> you think Todd's got a clip-on there? No, he does. He does, look, he's got the hook to the left. Oh my God, he does, you're right. Freaking <laughs> Pettengill with a clip-on tie. That's incredible. You think Pettengill could say, hey, you should wipe your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I'm, knowing all the stories about Owen, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. On this, pur- this on purpose? <laughs> yeah, he just left it there. And here's, yeah. he's asking him what he thinks he's going to be for the championship match. And Owen, after the beating I gave him, I love how now Owen's super cocky. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even though Definitely. earlier he was not at all. Well, he's got every reason to be now. He just showed yeah. the world that he could beat his brother. He did. He's true. Man, I, I think after watching that, that's going to be yeah. the best match I've, I've seen for sure. Most definitely. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. So I'm going to go ahead and hit stop on the network here and be all done with that. So that was a fun watch along. And mm-hmm. we have our show planned for next. We're going to do the tournament. The, we'll, maybe, we'll figure out how many we can do. At least 32 of the best poses there ever was. Yeah. The best there is will be. We'll figure all those out. We'll There's post so it on many. Twitter for you guys to vote. Uh, and how you are we going to limit it down to 32? I don't know. We got time. We we'll will go figure 64. it out. 
We will. <laughs> so uh, before we wrap up and get to the second bonus part of this show, the interview with uh, Vinny Berry. Anything else, Eric, before we wrap up? You all good? Yeah, I'm all good. All right. That was a fun watch along. Loved all the chaos with everyone coming in here. But, hey, we do it live. It's fun. It's what we do. Uh, Eric, you can follow him on Twitter at positively underscore Eric. You can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast as well. And right now, I'm going to kick it over to the interview. Again, this is with Vinnie Berry, author of Lance by Chance. And a special, special thing for you guys, you can win a copy of this book. All you're going to have to do is retweet the pin tweet, and you will win a copy of this Lance by Chance book. And yeah, pretty simple. Just retweet, and we will pick a winner and a free copy of this book. Not going to talk too much about it now. Did you explain what it was about or no? The interview is going to explain everything about it. I don't want to give too oh, much away. Okay. It's going to all give right. everything away. We're going to talk all about Lance by Chance and the book and the story. Wrestling is Yvonne Eric. Enjoy, guys. Eric, thanks for coming on. And I will right. talk to everyone else in a, in a minute here. But here is the interview now with Vinny Berry. Go! If you close your eyes, your life and make the truth revealed. you Okay, so we are on the line now with our guest who I just talked about, Vinnie Berry, to talk about a bunch of stuff, but mostly this cool book that I was unaware of up until a couple months ago called Lance by Chance, Wrestling as Yvonne Eric. Vinny, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, we, much like a lot of other people on the internet and, and the wrestling community, just kind of connected on Twitter, and you were talking about your book. And I love unique wrestling stories. So when you first mentioned this to me, which I'll let you kind of give the synopsis of the, the pie in the sky, you know, cliff notes of, the, of what the book's about, uh, I was intrigued because it was something I thought I had heard of. But as I was reading it, I'm like, I didn't hear any of this stuff. Like, how did I miss this stuff? So uh, really quick, the story again, it's called Lance by Chance Wrestling is Von Eric. It's about... Uh, Lance Von Eric, Lance Vaughn, the uh, Von Eric brother that wasn't basically. So, what's the pie in the sky, three hundred fifty or thirty-five thousand feet uh, story about uh, this book? Well, that's why I think the story is so good because, um, you know, there's a lot of people think they know what the story is, right? And you know, a lot of people have this idea of, you know. Because and even myself, you know, because when he was telling me the story, I was asking him questions like, wait a second, tell me that again. What did you just say? And he says, no, it didn't happen like that. It happened like this, you know, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, you know, it's like because I believed what everybody else believed because his story was never uh, told, you know, and so here's, you know the the i guess the synopsis of the story is is fritz von erich uh, had these good-looking athletic boys david carey kevin and mike and uh you know they were his wrestling superstars and uh you know the von erich name in in texas was growling and people like you know, it was making them good money. Well, a lot of people believe that when Mike came down with toxic shock syndrome was when they brought in 
this idea of Lance von Erich, but the Lance von Erich idea came in the summer after David passed away. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was one thing that I didn't know. And one thing that I, I kind of fell under the belief is that, you know, back then, um, if you, if you, you know, the internet wasn't the way that it was, but you get magazines and then you'd read stories about, you know, this guy or, you know, sometimes the, a wrestler would have one name and one territory and he'd go somewhere else mm-hmm. and he'd be somebody else. And right. that's what I thought this was where I thought that Ricky Vaughn came from Portland and Lan- and Fritz just called him Lance Von Eric. But this yeah, man, and that's not the yeah, that's not the case as you as you talk about in the book. Right. And really quickly for those who who aren't are completely familiar with the story, when I said that Lance was the Von Eric that wasn't, he was presented as a member of the Von Erichs, the next Von Erich, or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he was but a he cousin. Wasn't. They told him he was. Yeah. yeah. Family. He's got the, basically, he's got the name. You know, they've got the Samoan dynasty now. You kind of get tied to that. So it's uh, popularity by association almost. Right. And it's it's pretty unique. He does look like he would fit in with the family, so I can see why the thought came into their head to, to do this. Now, when you first came up with this idea, I guess, start, go back to the beginning. Why write this story? Was this something you're like, I need to know about this. Take us back to the beginning of the concept of this, of this book to starting it. And and also where you first got the first idea to, to do it, because it is a unique story. Something that I love with, with wrestling is unique stories. Well, I grew up in Louisville, Texas, which is 10 miles from where the Von Ericks grew up in, in Lake Dallas. So I'm I'm about 30 miles north of Dallas, Texas. And so mm-hmm. this was my wrestling. You know, I grew up with this. And, you know, um, I've explained to, to this before. You know, I did not know the Von Erichs personally, but it felt like I did. You know what I mean? Because I watched. Because they're in your home every week. And they're, I mean, you were there. I mean, yes. me being, I'm, I'm, I'm from Chicago, so I, I don't know. But I know people from Texas, one of the friends of our show, uh, his name's Kerry. He's talked about that being they're just they were just it was just everywhere, and it's kind of hard to explain unless you didn't live there and you did. So right. you just felt like you were there. Yeah, and you know, of course, the the family went through so many tragedies too. We went through them too, you know. And so, you know, um, you're not going to start singing "Heaven Needs a Champion," are you? Right. No. <laughs> but but you know what I mean is it yeah. Was, it was so it felt personal, and so you know. Years later, you know, after the cat was let let out of the bag, you know, uh, I guess I'd be online and I'd be oh very curious, like, whatever happened with that? And wow, you know, if you go online and you search Lance Von Eric, a lot of stuff comes up very negative about him, or you know, um, it's just not very favorable to him. And I was just always like, all right, what did this guy do, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I have this website called Russellville.com and it's something I do in my, in my pastime. I, I write stories about wrestlers on the independent scene, veterans. I've got guys like Harley Race, Larry Henning, uh, Kamala, and Tracy Smothers. And, and mm-hmm. 
before they passed away, they did stories with me. I put them on my website and, and I would just come across guys. I have, you know, when you meet one guy and they introduce you to somebody else. And anyway, I was talking to James Beard one evening and, you know, I actually, me and James had talked a, a few times and, and in both conversations, Lance came up and, and I always was like, wow, what, boy, that would be such a good story. And, and you got to understand, I come from a news background. So I've worked in television news for 20 years. And so, you know, finding facts and finding the truth or looking for the story and knocking on doors, that's, that's been implanted in me, you know? So, you know, when I told him, I was, wow, you know, I really think that would be a good story, you know? And mm-hmm. one day he just said, Hey, this is how you get in touch with them. And so I reached out to Lance and, uh, he was very receptive. I mean, I don't think he knew what I wanted in the very beginning. I think he was just, he said, Hey, look, I want to write a story about you for my website. And, you know, and he gave me his number and uh, we talked. And in the very beginning, he was like, why do you want to write this? And, you know, mm-hmm. why do you care? <laughs> and who who's going to read it? He goes, nobody wants to read it. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers me. Nobody cares. I was like, dude, I care. Yeah, I care, you know. And so you took the idea of this. Basically, you. So said, I've got questions I want answered. So I'm going to go find him and answer them, which, um, how, and when was this? How long ago was this when you um, first hunted him down or not hunted him down, but got in contact? With yeah. Him? Like August of 2017. Okay. So almost, you know, almost four years in the making here. That's a, that's a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so the story came out on, on my website and I showed him the story <coughs> and he, uh, he liked it. I, I, I didn't like it. I, I mean, I'm very critical of my work and I thought it was a little, uh, I, I, I thought I was just trying to put too much stuff in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. But, but he was pleased with the story. He was like, wow, you can write. And I was like, well, thank you very much. That's, I appreciate the compliment, you know? And, um, I said to him, I said, look, I, I, I really didn't think I was ever going to talk to this guy again. So I told him, I said, look, if you ever decide that you want to write a book, will you please consider doing it with me? I I want to write this story. I think there's so much here Mm -hmm. because, and that's what I think was the problem with my story for the website was, there was so much stuff that he told me that I tried to fit in and I just couldn't because it, I didn't have enough, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a few hundred page book here. It's a little bit different than just a website article. Right. It's a couple hundred pages, a big difference. So, he, and well, yeah, go ahead. So he said, yeah, uh, write the book. Yeah, so, so you. Okay. Have you, have you written anything before uh, besides just on your website or just, I mean, I mean, book wise, I know you've mentioned you've got a background, but what, have you written a book before? Was this your first attempt at it? No, this was my first book. Now I probably wrote, you know, five to 700 fight stories. 
Sure. Because I worked for, uh, I did a boxing website and I did a Mm -hmm. uh, MMA website and I was cranking stories out every day for that thing. So, I mean, I had some writing experience and, you know, I was cutting my chops, but for a book, no, I, I never, I never had a book. And if it wasn't for Kenny Casanova up in New York, I, I probably would be still, you know, spinning in my office <laughs> at my house. So, so you, you pitched the book to him or you, you pitched to him, if you ever write a book, contact me. And obviously it, it ends up, he does contact you. So you guys start in this. What is the process of, of writing this story? Is it just interviewing? Is it him giving you notes? How's it, how does that go? Yeah. So, so, you know, um, I think he texted me, you know, that he liked the story. And I think I text them back saying, Hey, consider me for writing the book. And then he texts me back saying, um, write the book. So I said, <laughs> Hey, I'll call you on Sunday. And so, um, we, you know, talk to each other on the telephone, yeah. not every single Sunday, uh, for a year and a half, but, um, a lot, I mean, consecutively. And, and then there'd be times like, okay, look, I, I just got to mess with the notes. You know, I'm, I got a full-time job. So, you know, Sunday would come around and say, look, uh, I got a lot of stuff. I just kind of got to sort through the notes and uh, I'll call you next week. And I want to talk about this next week. And I said, hey, I want to talk about uh, Portland next week. And let's talk about Billy Jack next week. And, and you know, um, we, we just did it like that. And, um, you know, I think... I don't think I wrote anything down on paper as far as like, okay, it's time for me to start the book. Um, You know, maybe for nine months, like maybe nine months or a year. And um, you're you're gathering information. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Stephen, it is like, like that stuff all died on the vine. You know what I mean? It was like, it was just stuff I attempted and it just wasn't, you know, okay. wasn't working. And okay. so we just kept on, I was getting more information from him and talking to him some more and we kept on doing that. And then, so um, the book itself was written December of 2019 where I felt like, okay, this is what the book is going to this is the book. I had it like I knew what the chapters were going to be. I knew the concept. I knew how I was going to connect every all, all the dots and everything. Um, and then from January 2020 until mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, till the day it came out <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it down there in the end, it got a little sketchy. But I mean. I was basically writing up to the the final minute where they said, okay, you know, stop, you know, and we're printing this book and, you know, um, yeah. So I was well, just hearing and, you talk earlier. I can tell you're not a perfectionist, but you're, you're very critical of, of your work, which is good. When you're, when you're doing this, did you have an editor? Was this all you editing and publishing? Was it, how did that go? Well, uh, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I had people, I had people helping me and I had, uh, let's see, I had, uh, 
I had an English English teacher who was uh, I that wouldn't like really take my calls like any time. Like I text her and say, um, "Do I say it like this or do I need to say it like this?" And she, you know, you know, because a lot of times, you know, uh, I found myself writing how we talk, right? You know, and yeah. when you read it, then it's like, well, that's not proper English. And, you know, then I had another editor who was a uh, a, a teacher as well that that she she actually read the book like, I don't know, three or four times. She was in the mud with me as doing the editing. But she was like, look, we don't want it to read like an essay. You know, we mm-hmm. you know these these are people having conversations, you know, so let it sound like a conversation and it it doesn't sound like an essay and one of the things i observed while reading the book guys and again the book is called lance by chance and we'll get over we'll get to it in a little bit where you guys can pick one up if, if you want to get one yourself um one of the things i noticed about it was the conversation format of it which was good and another thing i noticed about it was or i guess i thought to myself about it was that he doesn't have any like association with anyone right now, I'd say. So there's no real worry about burning a bridge maybe or offending anybody. So you're not really considering that when you're reading the book, which is nice. Cause I know sometimes you read a wrestler's biography, a wrestler's story. You're like, well, maybe they're favoring this person or that person. This is just flat out his story, which was unique. And it's, again, it's a unique story. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know what, what uh, is, is, I'm glad that you say that, you know, because that was the thing, you know, of course, he he could have burned every bridge in the in the Mm -hmm. valley. Right. You know, because, you know, he's got dirt on everybody. But, you know, that wasn't what he wanted. You know, he I think he got to the point where, well, people have asked him in the past, hey, you you know, you you got a good story. You you know, you got to write a book and that. And he just had no desire. And for whatever reason, when I asked him, he said yes. You know, well, I think he thought maybe your your intentions were right, which is important. When, when yeah. And yeah. And that and and maybe, you know, he, he says all the time that he he just he liked, you know, he liked what I had to say or he liked my charisma. You know, he you know, he, he likes that me and him get along. I mean, we can talk mm-hmm. and we can joke. And it's funny is because, you know, uh, he's a type of person. Sometimes you think he's joking and he's not. And then he's you think he's being real serious and he's choking. And I, on the other hand, I get excited. And, you know, when I get excited, it sounds like I'm yelling at you, but I'm freaking out. Just pumped. You know? Yeah. Just and pumped. So, but we, we, we tend to be a pretty good mix, you know? <laughs> well, well, that's good. What, what were some of your favorite stories that ended up making it in the book? I know for me, the Rick Flair chapter was funny because I think in our heads, Ric Flair has just become like the character Ric Flair. But in the conversations that are recorded in this book, it's like, oh, he's just talking to him as like a guy. Like some of the conversations they have. I, I like the one part when uh, Ric Flair tried to warn him about the Von Erichs. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, oh, get ready to work type of thing. So just, right. it's funny stuff like that. So what what were some of your funny or favorite little stories or, nitp- nit- or not, not nitpicks, but uh, little stories? Uh, um, I can't find the word right now, but what are some of your favorite stories in the book? Well, what what I found interesting was from all the people that I interviewed, everybody, 
basically said what Ric Flair said, you know, that their work ethic was, you know, that, that they didn't always show up. I thought that was, you know, um, it was interesting, you know, cause I'd say, Hey, well, did they, uh, you know, did they have a bad habit of not making their matches? And they were like, they were known for it. <laughs> so, and it was their dad's uh, promotion, you know? Um, I, I think the part of the book that I like, I, I, I start really liking the book when we get to Dallas. Okay. Know, chapter nine, you know, we get into, we get to Dallas. And I think that's because that's where I, that's where I was, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you mentioned that at the beginning when we first started talking. So kind of talk about that a little bit. You're a little short background of you as a wrestling fan to even where you're as a fan now. Like, did you just start simply watching NWA and some world-class stuff? Or was there other things you were watching? What, what was your fandom? Well, I never watched wrestling until I moved to Texas. Yeah, I remember okay. I remember seeing it on television twice. And one, when was when did you move to Texas? When was that? Uh, like 1980. But Christmas okay. of 1979. So sure. the last week of 1979. And then... Uh, I lived on, you know, but I really, I, and I, I tell you, I was in Gabriel's, Maryland. I saw it uh, wrestling on television, like briefly. I don't know who it was. And then I was in California and I saw wrestling on television briefly. And that was it. And it was, it, it just never really grabbed my attention. But when I moved to Texas and, and at this time in 1981, 82, um, they had the the show that moved to Sunday morning, uh, World Class Championship Wrestling was originally like Saturday afternoon, like at five thirty or six o'clock or something on Saturday afternoon and mm -hmm. early evening. And uh, now this is what happened was like we'd be on the weekends. You're a kid, ten years old, eleven years old. You don't have anything to do except play outside and ride your bike. And at that time, everyone would be going home. You know, it was like, hey, what's going on? Dude, I'll be back. I'll be back in an hour. I'll be back. So you're just following your friends just like every like that's what everyone else. That's what you do when that's you're a kid. What, every, what, yeah. what, you, what, what your friends like is what you're going to find like. Yeah, so that, and that's cool. They were watching wrestling. And so, you know, it was like. Ain't, ain't got nothing else to do because no one's outside playing right now. So I'll turn on wrestling. And I was like, wow, this is pretty good. You know? You, yeah. Yeah. The Von Erics and King Kong Bundy and Kabuki and Char characters and real over the top characters. And you go back now and watch some of that stuff. You're like, wow, I can see why kids were enamored and why I was enamored with this stuff. Cause it was fun com coming off the screen too. Yeah. Yeah, it was, so, it was good stories. It was, it was. And were you hooked ever since then? Did you ever oh lapse? Oh my gosh. You've been a fan ever since. Well, dude, I was living right there. You know, I mean, I was in Dallas, you know? I mean, yeah. to me, I was like, I, 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 I couldn't have lived in a better place than Dallas, Texas. You know, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's awesome. And you stuck with it since and oh, it stuck with it to your entire life ever since yeah. then. But I will tell you this, and this is what's interesting that um and you know this was conveyed in the book you know where it says um you know you had three pivotal you know you well you had three you know very 
uh, important, you know, uh, tragic mm-hmm. deaths. You had David Von Erich died, Gino Hernandez died, and Mike Von Erich died. And, uh, you know, uh, it was conveyed in the book that, hey, the promotion probably could have survived one of those, but not three of those, you know. Mm-hmm. And at that time in 87, the landscape of world class was so different in 1987 than it was in 1984 when Kerry mm-hmm. world title, you know, and in the summer of 1987, David Manning left too. He he went on to do other things with his his career, yeah. but he was pivotal in that. And and the product changed. And not only that, is they they pulled away from the NWA. Uh, yeah, you touch on that in the book too. Yeah, they pulled away from bit, the yeah. NWA. That was big. That was huge. You had the three deaths, um, and uh, well course then Kerry had his motorcycle accident mm-hmm. and and so at i'll tell you for me you asked me um i kind of gave you the long answer but <laughs> you asked me was i a fan no you know when I, I i stopped wrestling after after mike's suicide after okay so that I, was kind of like this was it for you it was too much and yeah it was you know and it was like you know I like, listen, if I never, ever, 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 ever write another book again, this was the book I was supposed to write. Yeah. Well, it's inspiring from your story. And it, I know it, we kind of, it seems like we kind of rushed through it, even though we're 25 minutes in, into the talking here. But you have the idea of, okay, this is a story I want to tell. It doesn't seem like anyone's told it yet. Let me just try to do it. And you did it. And regardless of if you're a fan of uh, the NWA and world class and, and Texas wrestling in general, it's, it's still an inspiring story from that and for people to check out. And uh, the first thing I mentioned to you and on this interview was I love unique wrestling stories. And I feel like there's so many, there's so much information out now, which is great between interviews and books and, and website article and everything that there's not a whole lot we can't find out about anymore. So for me to find something that I hadn't heard of before and heard the story before was pretty cool. So that's a really big uh, Barry Horowitz pat in the back to you, a self pat in the back to you. Well, thank uh, you. Where, if someone wants to pick up this book, what's the best place to go? You can get it at two places right now. You can get it on uh, lancebikechance.com or you can get it at Amazon. Yeah. And both, if, both easy. Yeah. <laughs> both easy if, to grab. <laughs> if you want, if you want, uh, it signed by Lance, you need to go to the website. It's by chance.com and you can get an autograph copy. And I'll tell you this, um, uh, he's not, you know, you know, there's somebody said, well, I'll just get the book cause I'll see him at conventions. He ain't going to conventions. <laughs> hey, is he still, well, is he, Hey, WrestleMania is in Dallas next year. There's got to be some type of presence of him there somewhere in Dallas, so maybe, maybe next year. But if not, definitely head to LanceByChance.com, guys, to pick up your autographed copy of this book. Or if you want to be the regular copy, Amazon's super easy as well. There you go. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. And again, guys, uh, the book, Lance by Chance, pick it up, LanceByChance.com. Or simply go to Amazon and search Lance by Chance, and you'll find it there. So thanks so much, Vinny, for coming on. Thank you.
Thank you again so much, Vinny Berry, for coming on. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview and the subject about the book. It was something I never heard of before, and I got a big kick out of reading it and, and hearing some of the stories in it. And Vinny told some of those stories as well. And we are, like I said before the interview, going to give that book away. It's a very simple contest. All you have to do, find our pin tweet and retweet it. And then in a week, we'll pick the winner, and you'll get a free copy of the book. Thank you everyone for listening this week. Thanks for the fun watching along. Thanks for the interview uh, that Vinnie Berry gave us for the Lance by Chance book. Really quick behind the scenes thing during the watch along, during like the last 10 minutes or not 10, like like the five minutes of that match, my, <laughs> my house was chaos. My two daughters came home. My wife was home. The kids were crying. It was nuts. I did my best to edit out their screaming in the background. But, you know, when you do a watch along, sometimes fun things like that happen. So I left it in there but edit it out the best I could. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for tweeting us. Thanks for subscribing. And thanks for sharing the show with everyone. I really, really appreciate that. We'll be back next week with a fun show. We're going to do the bracketology of the best wrestler pose downs or poses ever. We'll see how that goes. It's always fun when Eric and I come up with a, a goofy subject because we always make each other laugh. And it's it's just a fun topic to do, I think. And you guys will have a lot of fun with it as well. Again, thanks to Vinny Berry for coming on. Lancebychance.com to find that book. Pick it up if you don't win the contest, that is. But if you do want to win the contest, find the pin tweet for this show, retweet it, and it's that simple. You haven't, you're entered to win a free copy of the book. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.